Welcome to the Data Center Hawk Podcast. Today we're talking about how to measure the data center market. We're talking about how to measure the data center market. So, yes. Uh, you know, let's talk about this. Like, we got to go from 50,000, 10, you know, to the nitty gritty. Uh, but what, starting off, what, what makes the data center market different than other commercial real estate sectors? I'll guess. Yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, and I, I actually think this is one of the most important podcasts we will do because wow. I know, gosh, that is a white hot. I know. Opinion. I'm sure people are just so much more excited Don't tease the lead, to listen bro. <laughs> to this. Yes. No. The reason I say that is I think that this serves, um, you know, the information that you get when you do this correctly helps the market operate efficiently. So, um, and and I would say that there's two, in my opinion, there's two really um, important things to consider, you know, when you think about like measuring the data center market, maybe differently than other commercial real estate types. You know, one is it's really expensive. There's so much capital that goes into data center facilities, et cetera. And then, you know, the other thing too is, is very nuanced. You know, it's, it's different than your other types of um, real estate asset classes. So, you know, so why it's important to do it well is, and it is because it serves as that basis for so many decisions that are made, you know, where you choose to build the data center facility, how big, what design, you know, I mean, there's just, and as the market has matured over time, uh, you know, in my opinion, measuring the space has become really important. You know, it, it's also very confusing, which I know we'll talk about um, because of some of the different challenges with that. So, um, you know, but, to, you know, for those listening, if, if you think about, you know, traditional like office spaces or retail, so whatever it is, I mean, data center uh, sites, facilities are, you know, significantly more expensive because of all of the, you know, UPS systems and generators, all the things that it goes in, that they go into a data center facility. Yeah, so more expensive on like a per square foot basis, which yes. is how most people just default think about real estate. Yeah. And, and the other, you know, side of that is all other commercial real estate markets are measured by square footage yeah. where, you know, the, the square footage does not move the data center industry the power does and yeah. if you can put as much power in a space as you can and cool it you know you have much there, there's that many more opportunities in the space so i think you know when you boil that down or, or when you think about all those things uh you know it makes measuring this market different but that much more important because of those things yeah and i think you know we have covered this on some of our other data center fundamentals podcast, but just talk about like why the metric is power. Why is it not square footage? Yeah. You know, typically like, let's just say you had a hundred thousand square foot building just for data centers being built larger than that. But let's just say a hundred thousand feet, you know, it's a good round number. It is. It is. Yes. And that's what we like here at data center. Hawk. You ever so wonder why we ended up on the decimal system, not like the octagonal base eight system it's fascinating yeah, a little google thinking, search yeah i was thinking about that this morning but um it seems yeah. weird to us but if we were on base eight forever we'd, it would seem normal yeah base 10 was yes hundred thousand foot hundred k is building uh you know you traditionally can think that like half of that facility size or, or you know 40 percent is going to go to 
of the square footage is going to go to systems that serve the building. So a lot of those electrical rooms and, you know, sometimes there's like generators inside the facilities, et cetera. So, and then 60% will be served as like at the actual data center rooms or computer rooms that are, that you put the servers in. So you can't say that. And, and then I would also say like in a lease type scenario. So in the, the co-location market, the rent is driven off of that 60% of the floor or, or, and it's really the power that's coming into that area. It's not on that square footage. So it's, it's how much power a company is going to reserve to be able to use that is driving the rents in this market. It's not on a square footage basis. That's another great distinction to make of like kind of power, access to power capacity versus power used. It's just, I always think about this, you know, definitions are really important. (laughs) Yeah, they are. And so, uh, you know, it's, well, in this place is actually one where probably it's actually a little bit more analogous to an office where if you rent a floor of an office building, when you only put 20 people in it, we still pay for the floor. Yes. Uh, But you have access to the whole floor. So that's a similar, that's a nice jumping off point to, you know, on the power side, but what are some of the kind of nuance of the, of that concept in the data center market, like access to the power capacity versus power used? Yeah. The, you know, a lot of it has to do with companies traditionally will need, or they perceive they need more than they actually use. Hmm. So there's a lot of like, what's called like stranded capacity in different facilities where, um, you know, companies have like are paying to use X, but they're using Y. Um, and so that's part of it is just understanding like and and you know don't put that all on it's it's not all like the company's fault you know sometimes they thought they were going to acquire a company so they anticipated they would be consolidating more you know compute into a location and it changes so um that's part of it and then you know the electricity costs or what you pay for uh, for your electricity use is based on like the amount of you know electricity that you're using so um, and that's on top of the, of the rent traditionally, especially in the larger requirements that are out there today. Um, but that's, you know, that is the key difference when you think about the data center industry and how it functions in the, the, the commercial real estate asset class family versus you mentioned like offices. And, um, and so it's a, it's a distinct difference. And that's why when you measure the market, you really want to understand the data center industry from a power standpoint. You really want to understand the sellable, the, the, the commissioned power that is out there, that is available, it's under construction plan, because those are the numbers that would make you look at a market and say, hey, this makes sense for us to go build a data center in this you know, city, or this city is oversupplied. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you know, based on the demand that is out there, it does not appear that this would make sense to go invest 100, 200, 500 million dollars in this area. Yeah, so you mentioned, let's go back to our 100,000 square foot building yeah. example and kind of work outwards from the building in, talking specifically about the power aspect of it from like the substation all the way into, yeah. like call it the data center rack yep. and, and talk about how that power is broken down and yeah. how those will fit into, you know, what we would consider like the industry's yep. preferred or standard way of talking about power. Yeah, I mean, I think another thing, even before you do that, you really need to understand like what type of facility it is you know and we actually have a a podcast where we go through data center types and the reason that's important is because that has changed over the last five Mm. years so one of the things we talk about a lot is the the hyperscale users that are out there in the market today and they typically can take like a whole building sometimes a whole campus 
or sometimes a whole like data hall. The data halls we see today are like typically anywhere from 20 to 40,000 square feet of data room and anywhere from four to eight megawatts of power being delivered, commission power being delivered to that space for the for the user to, to lease. So when they are taking uh, facilities, you know, all of it is designed for one user, but there are certain scenarios where uh, a, you know, publicly traded REIT or a privately owned data center operator would say, hey, let's build a facility and we can um, attract multiple tenants to that or multiple users, customers to this uh, location. And we call that multi-tenant, you know, the multi-tenant data yep. center space. Um, and so typically when those, you know, facilities are built, you have a substation, substation delivers, you know, power to um, the, you know, transformers at the site. Uh, you know, the transformers are delivering the power, um, you know, into the space. There's UPS systems that are, you know, basically backing up the site. Um, you know, you have things like um, remote power panels that are then delivering, you know, the, the power into the data rooms. Uh, and then you have, you know, PDUs that are in this, I'm sorry, PDUs delivering to the remote power panels and the remote power panels delivering it to the cabinets and the cabinets delivering it to the servers. Uh, so that's traditionally like how the power goes from, big to small yeah so again in the hundred thousand square foot building example yep. which you said about 60 percent so call it sixty thousand square feet is you know call it white space or commissioned yes. data center space critical load you, yes critical yes. power so what were the power like a, a, a typical kind of power step down be as you work your way from the substation into the rack so if there's well maybe it's easier to go backwards you have sixty thousand square feet maybe kind of six to 10 megawatts of power. Yeah, at least. What's gonna be coming in? Yeah, typically like, you know, I would say on a building like that, if you had, you know, 10 megs, 10 megawatts serving the critical space or the commission power area, you know, you'd probably have anywhere from like 17 to 20 serving the, the building. And that's what we call utility load. Mm -hmm. you know, how much total power is there? And then how much is serving the actual like site itself? Yeah, you don't see this as much, but you know, that's an easy way for a data center operator to sort of inflate oh, uh, yeah. the oh, yeah. importance of their facility sure. by by saying in their brochure what the utility power yeah. is. This is a fifty megawatt facility. Sounds a lot more impressive than twenty-five to thirty sure. of the actual IT load that they can support there. Yeah, so, and those that are like nerds like we are tracking the space to the granularity that we are you know, we like, it's very important. Like, you know, what you don't want to do is get confused when you, you have a big investment you're about to make mm -hmm. and you're going off of those numbers. Cause those numbers are not correct as it relates to what is being bought and what could be sold in the market. Um, you know, where there's, there's a lot of, you know, for years we have spent time decoding, you know, brochures <laughs> and things like that, that are out there. And I don't, you know, it's not, I mean, it's, it's marketing. So you're trying to yeah, a little sizzle. show what you're doing at a grand scale. Um, but it's also important. I mean, that's what I've, you know, I've always said in a lot of the conversations I've had with people in our space, like it's just much better to be what you are, because if you want the customers to come in, they're going to find out what you are. And in my opinion, it's always better to, you know, present what you are and, and not, and not surprise anybody especially with the amount of capital being spent on these decisions. No one likes to be surprised, you know? So you I don't like surprises when I'm buying a candy bar. If it says two for $2, <laughs> I don't want to get up to the register. Like, no, no, sorry. Those sir, were exempt sure. from the two for $2 promotion. It's sure. a duck. It's a dollar 60. Yeah. That's weak. That, so hundred million so, bucks, even more. So yes. amplify the feeling. Agree. So that that's a, but it's one of the reasons that like there's been confusion around, 
what's going on in space. The other thing is, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the news outlets uh, that that cover our space do not get <laughs> what is really happening when a developer that a shot fire to MSNBC. No, not at all. But just <laughs> when a developer actually like breaks ground on a project yeah, and totally. like the true intent behind it. And I think that if if they were able to do that, it would help a lot of the the confusion that can be out there. And so I think people that are in the space, if you've been in the industry a long time, um, certainly aware of this. But if you're just coming into the space, it's important to know that like when a data center operator begins to break ground on a project, they are not building 100 megawatts. You know, they might have a substation that could serve that over time that's being built. Yeah, this is a good development timeline yes but uh, rabbit trail but yes, yes that's sorry but no, over, those are great but over I mean, time be, yeah yeah over time you know that that developer is going to deliver power in a reasonable perspective this is all about capital being deployed in the market and you know data center operators have gotten and large hyperscale users that uh build own and operate their own campuses like they know how to deploy capital in a reasonable you know manner so they can get the rate of return they need to on the capital yeah, so those are some great like diagnostic questions so like you know in 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 any relationship, Mar oh. marriages notwithstanding, what do you mean is a great question. So here, 100 megawatts, what do you mean? Yes. What do you, is that critical? Is that utility? Is that when over, will it be delivered? Is that over 20 years? Yeah, is <laughs> over the next 20 years, yeah. Yeah, I think there's some some 500 megawatt developments that are just kind of yes. sitting out there. They're sure. hanging. Sure. Okay, uh, so that's good. So like I said, definitions are very important. Yeah. So like, you know, one of the things we spend a lot of time here at Data Center Hawk is coming up with that overall power number for a market yeah so then once again very important to be specific as far as what's in what's out yes so when you look at a facility by facility basis it's just the critical load yes and then when you're looking at which facilities to include in that number yes that's very important too so talk a little bit about where what things we include what things we don't yes and then kind of how the industry assesses okay that. like 15 years ago the gosh i love it when you go 15 years ago <laughs> and the you, like companies were building, owning, and operating their own data centers more than they were today. Now they have they have you know swung to like leasing their own facilities, and a lot are using cloud infrastructure, which is a different type of lease. But it it for our purposes, like that's where we were 15 years ago. So when the market started to change, we stopped tracking that as part of the the leasable market because it's it's not the companies that own and operate their own data yeah. center. That's what they do. It's like a private. Yeah, we're a bank. We've got 100 servers in a yes. room somewhere, probably closet floor, whatever yes. the case may be. We typically ignore those right? for probably two reasons. One, really hard to get that information. Yeah. Two, it's uh, not part you know, of the market not, that's not, really Yeah, moving. it's not leasable. Yes. Yeah. And so so we basically are tracking, you know, multi-tenant data center, uh, the multi-tenant data center market. Hyperscale is included, you know, in that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it's really important to understand. I mean, basically, like, what is your universe? Uh, and, you know, what facilities fall under that, and then how do you track those? I mean, we do it on a quarterly basis, every facility, every market, you know, in the U.S., Europe, and now we've got three markets in Asia that we're tracking and more to come. But, you know, that's a really important part of what it is also to the cr understanding, like, the critical power in those facilities, and we do it in four different categories. You know, what's commissioned, mm -hmm. so what's actually been delivered out of that commission, what's available, so we have a vacancy rate based off of commission power in the market, uh, what's under construction, what amount of commission capacity is going to be delivered and what is under construction, mm -hmm. and then what is planned down the road. So planned projects that data center operators have either communicated on or are in the permitting process, et cetera, in a market. So we have those four metrics in every market that we track. 
every quarter. Yeah, so I think that it just underscores, you know, when we say the Dallas market is whatever it is, 385 from memory. You know better than I would, I roughly. Would say, I would say it's between that and 400. Okay. So that Top number, and that's what everybody wants to just, that's the headline. Yeah. And then the, you know, the detail is, you know, here's what's included, here's what's not. Yes. And here's when we say, when we define a power number, there's what's in it, what's not. Um, now, you know, let me, there's let me, one, go ahead. I was just going to say one more thing. You know, the one thing that we don't include in that, which we're starting to think through down the road on how to cover, is powered shell development. So, oh, was that on the list? That's where I was going next. Oh, I just I stole your good. thunder, bro. I had, Sorry. A, I had this really sucks, awesome man. segue. I was going to segue like I was on a segue. Mm. That's how good of a segue it was going to be. Well, Great product name. Beach to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are, you, you know, uh, buildings that the developer will build basically the shell and let and then lease the facility in a different format than they would tra- a traditional like multi-tenant data yeah. center. And then the, the, the user, the customer comes in and actually pays for all of the you know, UPS systems and generators and, and they control that process in, uh, you know, conjunction with the developer. But what I think is important is that there's a, that part of the market is, is growing more now than it has been over the last four to five years. We saw, you know, I would say between 2008 to 2012, we probably saw more capital invested in those type of projects than kind of a, wilderness period the power show wilderness <laughs> and then i would say in, the wandering yeah 2018 on we started the, to see is that the promised land now of yes, power development? yes yes right. some of the <laughs> larger data center users want more customized facilities in this manner and so it's it's allowed for more development to take place there so i think that's an important thing to note um but i would just say like when you hear of a market being bigger than another market or, or whatever it might be, it's always important to understand what is in the universe of that. Yeah. You know, it's commentary. a market that comment that frequently kind of gets people sideways is Dublin. Yes. They have got a great PR department in Dublin. They do. And they're always touting what they're doing from a, data from a sustainability yes. standpoint, from the power. It's great. But they were, they're publicized this huge number. I was like yes. 700 megawatts. It's massive. Yes. Uh, where in reality, like a very a much smaller subset of that is what we would consider is the, like the multi-tenant market. Multi-tenant market. A lot of hyperscale companies are yes. setting up shop there. But so. well, yeah, what you've seen is like a significant amount of growth from, you know, four or five very large companies. Oh, yeah. And so if I'm them, I would probably do the same thing too, which is oh, showing yeah. all the capital that's flowing into here. Because the definitions to probably a economic development group or people that are trying to attract others are a lot less important because they're trying yeah. to talk about how big the market is. But to us, if you don't understand that and you're in our position or others that are talking about the market, you know, when you're saying different um, markets are bigger or smaller than others, it's just very important that you define, in my opinion, it's very important that you define the universe for the people that are reading. Yeah. Uh, now, if you're like a, if you're a construction company yep. or you sell servers or racks or what have you, like you really don't care. That's right. It's a lot. That's you know right. What I mean? it, so, because the more opportunities, so better. Di- and so different people can yes. have their own definitions, but absolutely. Data Center Hawk as a company is typically focused on the multi-tenant. So that's once you kind of have your definitions hammered out, which I feel like we've done a good job of. Thank you. Um, you know, the, the other thing that's important to understand is like how that power capacity amount changes over time 
So talk a little bit about how do we measure that? Yeah. Um, you know, there's some there's some wrinkles there as well yeah. as you might imagine. Um, you know, measuring those changes over time, which is really yeah. some some of the probably the the important metric for understanding you know how different markets are growing or less or right. more. So talk about that. Well, one of the trends that has taken place in the industry over the last you know several years has been a more defined way of building for each data center operator. Meaning, you know, if a data center operator has a program that they're building in Chicago uh, that fits on a site, they're going to try and, and it works and it's efficient. They're, they want to try and execute that same project in Dallas or Phoenix or Northern Virginia most of the time. So the way they build their lineups, uh, how much power they deliver to each amount of data room or data center space, um, you know, that's, that's pretty standard. So, you know, Traditionally, if we understand that there's a site that will be a data center down the road, we're going to understand how much critical power can be delivered at that site. So let's say it was 72 megawatts, and we would put it in the planned category. And then if the first phase kicks off and we know they're building two 9-megawatt data halls, we will bring 18 megawatts into the under-construction category, which leaves, you know, whatever 72 minus 18 would be. Is that 54? 54. We are math majors here, 54 mags in the plan power. And then once it's delivered, you know, and it's ready to be leased, we would put that 18 mags into the commissioned category and it becomes 18 megawatts available. And that's another thing is you could talk to five different data center operators and they could all say they have five megawatts available and they all mean something different. Mm. (laughs) And so that... But important to note that very few, if any, operators are just bringing on 18 megawatts capacity like that. Absolutely. yeah, have some commitment from someone sure. to lease it. Yeah, I mean that's that's always what I'm, you know, when there's someone that said, "Hey, we're bringing 40 megawatts to the market," you go, "Okay, well, if we know it costs between eight to, say, let's just be conservative, ten million bucks a megawatt." Yeah, you know, you're like, so you're you're spending four hundred million dollars of speculative capacity to just sit you up. You know, the what market. it used to be. That's right, and so <laughs> no one is going to do that today. They do it in a much more uh, reasonable approach. And, and, yeah. you know, the good thing is, uh, and I would give a lot of credit to these companies. I mean, they, they have a, pr- they have programs that work, right? If we're going to build to chase hyperscale users, we do know we have to bring in certain markets, 18 megawatts, like online at once or 12 megawatts online at once, because we know in a second that could be leased. And then least, we have yeah. no capacity and nothing coming online. That's one of the yeah. crazy things about our market in the last three to five years in certain, uh, cities, you know, data center markets, you know, you've had, I would say, like capacity that's set for a little while, and then all of a sudden, it's like the market changes overnight, and you go from, you know, there being five or six locations with maybe ten or megawatts or more to really nothing in the market, and so it's just a cycle, and then the construction ramps up again, and mm-hmm. you have several other projects, you know, people come to the market, and then you kind of do the same thing. So, it's a longer answer than you wanted but that that's typically how we take it from planned to under construction to commission and available yeah and so then you know kind of the other headline number that we hear about a lot is absorption which is the amount of growth that's happened in an industry yep. and again there's some there's some very important ways that we define that so talk a little bit about how we measure that you know and you know even specifically as far as how we go out physically go out or you know make phone calls yes. and measure that information and get the information and how you define it yeah, so, um, you know, we are trying to understand of, like, how much available capacity that's in a market over a time period, how much of that gets leased. 
and that's a great metric to understand like the demand in a market so uh you know we're always talking to data center operators now across the world um as well as you know touring facilities and you know doing kind of the the boots on the ground work that it takes to really understand what's happening in a market um so we're always looking at that how much is available and how much that's changed in a time period um, we're also looking at how much pre-leasing gets done. So that's really important. So we choose at Data Center Hawk to, you know, try to be like, I think of like tip of the spear on when we understand deals get done. That's what we want to talk about as demand in the market right then, not necessarily in nine to 12 months when they move into the space. One, that's really hard to track. And two, it's more like backwards, you know, tracking. And we like, to, you know, we're trying to be as um, real time as we can. Mm-hmm. So um and also too if i'm going to spend you know over 100 million dollars in a an investment or in a market um i want to know like the latest info because that's really valuable to me um whether they move in in 6 months or 12 months then doesn't matter as much uh so i think that's the the pre-leasing thing with absorption has really changed the market if you look at data center hawks absorption numbers over the last 2 years um, you know, 60 to 70% of what's happened has been pre-leasing. Mm. And the, and that that shows how much, and it's been probably pre-leasing by five to 10 companies across the world because their footprints have been so large anyway. And then you throw COVID and, and the challenges experienced with that, and that's only increased those numbers. So, um so anyway, that's what we do to really track demand in the market. And um, and I think it's, you know, we do that in every facility, every quarter. And, and, you know, the other thing I would just mention on this, and I think we're coming into a time period in our industry where this will maybe have more of an impact than it's ever had before uh, because of how young our industry is. And that is like second generation space coming back mm-hmm. to the market. So you have some areas in the U.S., um, maybe some in Europe um, where, you know, data center facilities that were built 15 years ago with an anchor tenant that had, you know, six megawatts of, of power, you know, that, that tenant over or that customer last, you know, five years has decided to migrate out or they're doing something bigger in another facility. And so you're having some capacity coming back online and it's a second generation space. And so you have compressed rental rates uh, in some different areas. And now this space is competing with like brand new, you know, campuses and, and facilities that have just been built. So there's an interesting dynamic that will impact the market with some of those larger footprints. And, um, I think it's one that we'll have to, we'll have to watch. It could slow down development in certain markets. Mm. Cause if you're a data center operator and you know, Hey, I have five megawatts or 10 megawatts coming back here. Uh, you know, just in, instead of going and just building the next building, you'd go, hey, we probably for the next six to 12 months need to focus on this before we are, you know, continuing to deliver supply. Yeah. And that it will uh, how we report on something like that could look very. It, could, it wouldn't show up a ton in our reporting. Right. Come, one customer moves out, that one moves in, you know, from right. our standpoint, really nothing changed. And so that's a bit of an interesting. But but as you mentioned, the rent that they might be paying on that second generation space could be lower. Oh yeah. Which people will <laughs> yes, want to unfortunately. know. Yeah. Uh, and, and it would certainly, you know, be in, it would inform some of our pricing, 
you know, metrics, but yeah. you know, if, as far as a, a demand or growth standpoint, it is to kind of, yeah. kind of gets a wash. Yeah. And the, the other thing I would say too, is like, <laughs> you know, one thing around pricing in our space that everybody needs to remember is that the product has changed significantly from 10, 15 years ago. Think of like a cell phone. Yeah. That's a great analogy. How yes. much has a cell phone changed in 15 years? Yes. I mean, there's, you know, and so I think the, the what you're buying today is different. The efficiencies are different. Um, those costs a lot of times are getting directly passed to the customer. So, um, so when we talk about like rates being compressed, part of it is because it's a different product today than it was five, 10 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Great thoughts on capacity, how we measure it, how we measure the changes in it. Anything else to add before we shut it down? I just would say, I probably should have said this at the beginning, but I'll say it at the end. You know, if you're in this space, or you're trying to get in it and understand it. This is, these are the basics for understanding. If you don't get this right, you're in trouble because uh, you have to know your framework. You know, if you're going to go be a data center operator, be an investor in the market, uh, be a consultant helping companies make big decisions, be even a company that's, you know, putting, IT infrastructure into the market. I mean, this is like the blocking and tackling mm -hmm. that you need to know if you're going to understand how these markets grow. Uh, so I would just say getting a really good understanding of that is important. There's different places you can get that information. Certainly we're one of them, but there's other companies that, that track the market as well. Uh, and I would just say, if you're doing any of that, you really just need to hammer home. What are we talking about here? When you say this is a 500 megawatt market, what do you mean? What do you What are you asking? I mean, what is the universe within that? Multi-tenant data centers, hyperscale data centers, are like all the privately owned data centers in this. If, if J.P. Morgan Chase has a 200,000 square foot facility that's 20 megawatts, is that in here too? You just got to understand those things. But it's a, it is a, um, it is a fascinating part of this market, like how it's grown. And, uh, and that's been the fun thing, I think, for us is just looking at the numbers over the last, heck, over the last year, but even the last, like, five years to see how much this market has changed. And it will be fun. You know, I'm thinking in 2025, like, what our numbers will show and how, yeah. you know, the last 10 to 15 years the data center market has changed. Yeah. It would be interesting to keep an eye on, like you said, the, the continued, like, maturation of the industry. There's going to be, like, just some swings or things that are hard to predict. I mean, we couldn't have predicted 2020 and 2019 and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. So yes. we will continue to track it for you. Uh, stay tuned for that. But, uh, again, like you mentioned, this is part, kind of the last in our initial um, Data Center Fundamental Series. So if you haven't seen those, go to uh, YouTube or our blog, and there's all those listed out. Um, you can see some of the different other topics we've tackled. So check those out and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Um, otherwise, we will catch you next time.